0: Hey, what's up, Hung Up Fam? Welcome to episode three thirteen, Therapy for the People, with licensed therapist Dante Duval. The Hung Up podcast currently has eighty-eight five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts and over thirty-five thousand listens on SoundCloud. So, thank you for listening, supporting, and sharing. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Search at Pod, that's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to follow me on social media. But don't just follow. Interact. I enjoy interacting with y'all, so... Keep leaving your messages. I like to drop them into the show. The Hung Up Podcast phone number is 484-578-9992. Leave your episode feedback, messy confessions, your support, words of encouragement or advice. Or hey, maybe you're looking for some encouragement or some advice. Call in or write in. My email address is hungapod. At gmail.com. You know, I always hear people say, I need a black therapist. Or I'm looking for a black therapist. I mean, I've been in this position. Many of us have, right? The fact is, there are black therapists out there. And this week, I sit down with one, Mr. Dante Duval. We meet up to discuss making mental health in the black community a priority, or as he put it, as important as a bottle of Henny, (laughs) and how to handle being in the space of the unknown, the space of uncertainty, like we are now. Dante is also accepting new clients and offering his services in various ways. I will include Dante's contact information in the episode notes, and he'll also drop it in the episode. Even if you don't feel the need to reach out to him, I hope you still enjoy this episode, enjoy the conversation, and get something out of it. I definitely did.
1: And I was like, ooh, I wish I could leave a message. And I was like, I can leave a message because I can log on the photo booth on my phone. I mean, I'll log on the photo booth on my computer. Uh, Log on the photo booth on my computer and leave the voicemail that I wanted to leave. But I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being the amazing person you are. Thank you for being the vulnerable person that you are. Because as I'm doing my reflective journaling and it asks me how I feel, I feel tender And the reason why I feel tender Is because what do you have to do To meet in order for you to get the Juiciest steak, to get the juiciest Reward, you have to tenderize In order to tender meet, You gotta beat it up a little bit And so that just Spoke to me, it spoke to my spirit It spoke to my heart It spoke to my mind, it spoke to my body And as I was writing it down um, I wanted to share that with you But since I can't share it with you on FaceTime, I'm sharing it with you via video, so thank you for your tender heart, thank you for your amazing spirit, thank you for your amazing, no, I said amazing, thank you for your tender heart, thank you for your amazing spirit, thank you for your dynamic mind, and and wonderful, wonderful body, because you got a nice body, and a ass, shout out to you, alright, that was inappropriate, but and put a smile on your face or I hope. Love you and see you. I hope this brightens your Tuesday or whenever you catch it. See you!
2: Hey Hunger
3: family. Welcome to the show, licensed therapist Dante Duval. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, Dante Duval Barfield here. I like to go by Dante Duval. That's the name that my mother gave me. Barfield. Still trying to figure out where that came from. Um, I'm a licensed professional therapist, pro counselor. I like to call myself a professional helper. Um, by that, I'd like to just help the world any way I can. But mental health is my battleground. Um, battleground. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Man. I like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my. Uh, I think that's my tagline for sure.
0: It shows that you're on the front line. You're not behind the scenes in the back room.
3: All day, every day. That's right. That's what's up. Welcome to
0: the show. I introduced you um, as a licensed therapist. Please
3: introduce yourself. Well, what I do um, outside of being a therapist um, and a professional helper, uh, I like to, I guess, I'm my mother's son. I do everything in this world to kind of operate in that lens. Uh, I lost her many years ago, and every single day I kind of operate in that grief and that grief and the acceptance of of her death and what that's done. For me. And it's kind of helped me unload. It's helped me um, help everybody that I've uh, been in touch with, um, everybody that I've seen in therapy. Uh, and outside of that, it's really been, I guess, my rage um, to really just fuel my spirit to really see what um, everybody around me. Needs. Like everybody does need something, and uh, sometimes we're just silent about it. Uh, you know, I, my biggest mission in life is to unload some space to let that silence out uh, in like the safest way possible. You know, and that's why therapy is you know the tagline, like the identifier, but being a helper is so much more. Um, and I really think that's uh, you know the biggest part of my truest identity you know, of who I am. Every single day, I look to help somebody some small way uh, whether it's holding a door or as my job uh, as a therapist. Mm-hmm.
0: and i think more more now than ever people really feel like they they need that extra support system and that support looks different for everyone but i'm glad that you're here to represent a space that is not only needed, but has contributed so much to the mental health, um, the mental uh, growth and elevation of um, our community and everyone, you know, not just our community, but mental health is something that everyone can benefit from. Mental health therapy (laughs) is something that everyone, a
3: lot of people can benefit from. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, um, you know, uh, really nice now to kind of see it becoming more, I guess, popular, a little less stigma to it. You know, people are starting to feel their feelings more since COVID-19. And um, it's been nice to be able to show this to more people, to allow people to define what mental health therapy can be for them. So it's it's been a fun time so far.
0: And so your practice is here in Philadelphia let people know um, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you.
3: So you can find me um, on Instagram um, any day uh, at The Unorthodox Therapist. The Unorthodox Therapist is my uh, personal brand. Uh, that's the actual name of my podcast. And I developed it to start spreading myself around the world. You know, I really wanted to um, show people my ideas around mental health. And I really just want to break the stigma of mental health and therapy in the Black community. So um, I found uh, this amazing platform called Pod- Podcasting, and that's been, uh, been a, g- a great way to build my own brand. Outside of that, uh, you can also reach me at my email at any time at theunorthodoxtherapist@gmail.com. at um, I use that for client contact, um, resourcing, uh, talks that I do. Um, I operate and do many, many, many talks on anti-Blackness. I do my best to include Black people, anti-racism talk. And I'm also very, a big, strong component in bringing any talk related to mental health anywhere. So if, if it's about anxiety to depression, to trauma, to COVID-19, to being Black, to being white, to being, I, Identifying within the, the the cursors that this world has given you, um, I really do what I can to just play a role, uh, and so it's not just helping individuals; it really is helping um, a group. Uh, and finding me is pretty easy now. You know, I've I'm on psych- psychology today. If anybody does like when I actually see me in therapy, that's a big big one. Um, yeah, that is. Yeah, and I've gotten a lot of hits on that recently since uh, the passing of George Floyd, because I'm one of, there's not that many black male therapists in Philadelphia. So it's been nice to kind of um, keep myself as available as possible too, so.
0: so. what what is that like being one of few black therapists in a city that is um, overwhelmingly diverse?
3: Well, uh, I almost feel like I'm one of five mailmen or male people that has to give mail to a million. And I'm asked to do it a lot more now. Okay. It's before I didn't know that it was gonna be like uh, a weight, that I knew people would reach out to me I was, because I'm black, right? I don't have to now explain that narrative. You can now be yourself and I have to talk about being black as much because I can understand. Post George Floyd, And Breonna Taylor, things have changed dramatically. That things, I think the Black community is being more woke and being okay with feeling. And now they do want to go find that space. And um, it's been a little overwhelming. But I say very positively overwhelming. Like I get really excited to know that now I'm at the stage to be able to help them. So it's like I'm getting overwhelmed with more like referrals, but but I'm like, but I can do it. You know, I actually had the resources and the privilege to now help you in a way that I couldn't years ago. Um, But it feels like a lot of pressure sometimes.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, a lot of pressure because I try to find as many black therapists as I can to help. And uh, you know, slim pickings.
0: (laughs) And you you mentioned it can be overwhelming. I can only
3: imagine
0: um, being in high demand, right? Especially for something that you're passionate about. How do you process that? You know, like you have to unpack, unwind. You have to self-care. You have to look out for yourself so that way you can be present for all of us. So, do you mind sharing some of that? Like, how do how do you how do you manage that?
3: Yes. Oh, I, I love to share. It's like my it's like my secrets to get back to work every day. You know, I see about 30 people a week virtually. And most of the people I see are of color and most of the challenges they're going through are related to their identity. So clocking out of that every day is, I'll be honest, very tough. It's not like it used to be when the, the, the challenges weren't as highlighted and extreme right now. So what I do is what I've been doing since I started and it's focusing on me every single day and every night. Um, I have two cats, I have a wife, I have um, a garden that I just started during quarantine. And um, I have a rented row home that I love to make a home, right? That I built things for and painted rooms. And I've been an artist my whole life. I've been drawing and painting since I could talk. And I went to art school originally. So art is a huge piece of my life. So I, I'm pretty- I think that's an outlet
0: for you and a way to like express, I mean, It sounds like it has been almost all your life, but now even into adulthood, this is your profession, but you're still using this thing that you had ever since you were a child to help you manage all this energy that's
3: being, I hate to say thrown at you, but. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. And, ma- and saying managing my energy, I think is beautiful as well. Because it really does fit what I do when I draw and my paint and my, I like to write. It is me releasing my energy of the day. That I couldn't, I would be lying to you if I said that the pain that my 30 people of color go through every week doesn't affect me. It does. Because I can walk through their shoes. But every single day, I always remind myself that it's glorious to know that they've only reached out to me to help them through that. That they're not only they're not reaching out to me to hit me with their pain. That they know that something in me could help them. And to hold on to that every day, every single moment, every second you can. Um, that's how you do it. Yeah. And you can't forget. It's like flushing a toilet. You can't forget. You have to. You have to acknowledge the support and help you did. If you don't, you're gonna feel like crap, you know. And I have to remind myself that,
0: yeah. No pun intended.
3: <laughs> yeah, no pun intended, you know. But I did, you know. And it's, it's, it's meaningful. It's powerful. And I had to do it every day. But some days, you know, it gets me, and I take a break, you know. I took time off. I tell people take time off when you need it. I reduce my schedule so I can have some extra days to just breathe. Um, I'm trapped in a house a lot, so I like to try to get out, you know, and walk and hit nature. You know? um, do the things that I did before COVID. Yeah. But you have to do them as much as Some you. sense of normalcy.
0: Yeah, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah. Very cool. Well, before we get into our discussions, we like to do an icebreaker. here mm-hmm. on the Hunger Podcast. So we'll jump into that. All right. So I'm going to fire off some questions to you. First answer to the mind. All right. No. <laughs> no. Give us
3: a pet peeve. Pet peeve. People who blow their nose while eating. Ooh. <laughs> like when I'm at a, well, before COVID at a restaurant and somebody's at a restaurant and they're just blowing their nose, and I'm like, yeah what are you doing? Big pet peeve. Huge one, and I think I got that from being a server too at a restaurant for many years, a bartender.
0: Oh, you were a server? I was a server too.
3: Yeah. Oh, I feel. Like, I feel like everybody has to be a server. You have to just do that so you can like respect serve the service industry a little bit, you know.
0: <laughs> the dog eat dog world, man. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, big pet peeve though, sneeze them while eating. Though.
0: And it's funny <laughs> that you said before COVID because I feel like after covid everything is now ticking it's it's now at a higher level because like if you were to do that after covid it's like man you 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 shutting down the whole restaurant <laughs> you get every, everyone is going to be immediately like well not everyone most okay. <laughs> of the people in the room will, will probably be very uncomfortable
3: that's good though
0: very cool iphone or android oh iphone Uh, Have you been like an iPhone user since its inception, or you kind of just getting with it? Uh, Blackberry first. Ooh.
3: Yeah, see? I love my Blackberry. I miss it. I still miss it to this day. And uh, I went from the
0: Blackberry to the trio.
3: Oh, you had the trio first? Yeah, see, I went Blackberry. Then I literally just went to the iPhone. It was like the hardest choice. I remember picking. I like picked them up at the store, and I was like, I go iPhone. Gotcha. That was about 11 years ago. And the rest is
0: history. And so do you have Do you have to select all your devices are Apple?
3: Are you Everybody. one of those? I'm Everybody. one of them. Okay. But no Apple Watch. I refuse to wear an Apple Watch. Yeah. You refuse? I refuse. I don't need all that on me. Too much. My phone's enough. Also, that's where you draw the line? <laughs> that's where I draw the line. Too much. I don't need my, my arm beeping every day. You know, it's too much
0: it's good to know that people still have boundaries <laughs> oh, I,
3: I need I need you that said point. that's
0: where I draw the line <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that's so funny to me
3: <laughs> tell us something that you just can't quite understand oh man there's a lot but this one always jumps out at me. Just first white women that vote for Trump I don't know I don't know why it's there it just comes off my tongue sorry first thing don't get it at all but that just you know and that brings me back to literally the word, like when I first didn't like all this, this is 2016, right? And I just, I was just mind blown at that. That like, no way white women are gonna vote for dude after what he did. And it was like.
0: And after okay. what he said, after yeah, what he did and after what he did.
3: Yeah, so I mean, and I thought that was enough, right? Now it was four years ago. So here we are. Imagine
0: everything here else. Here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, when you, in here we are in all caps.
3: Mm-hmm. Facts.
0: <laughs> Facts. All right. Let me bring it back. Bring it back. for Icebreakers. Uber or Lyft? Oh, I'm gonna go Lyft now. Okay. Everyone says Lyft. I don't think I've had. I maybe have one guest that said Uber. I think.
3: going Lyft. Um, I've heard uh, too many terrible stories from Uber, from Uber drivers and women and like picking up women and house the ad. There too many in Uber, not enough, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, exactly. I see a lot of people, right? As a therapist, I've seen so many people, hundreds. I mean, now I'm at thousands. And these stories of Uber drivers and for my female clients have mortified me, enough to know that I'm picking Lyft from here on out. You know, it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. Uh, yeah.
0: What is one of your most used emojis?
3: Oh, without a doubt, the LMAO one, like laugh my ass off one with the like crying, like laughing, I use that non-stop, non-stop. It is the worst. I'll like, like, like I'll be like, oh my God, my cat died. And I'll have that just, it's terrible. It's terrible. I just, I use it. Okay. It's terrible. It's so bad. I'd use it for anything. I just use it. And everybody knows it too. They know, oh, that's Dante. Like I'll just send that to somebody and they'll just know, I'm just like, hey, what's up, you know, it's that bad. (laughs) I was going to ask
0: you if you had one that would describe your personality, but I think that's the one too.
3: That's, one. Right? <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, the hands down, I okay. wouldn't even go any past any past that.
0: Okay, okay. Do you do you watch reality TV at all?
3: I used to love the Real World. On MTV, ooh, I was obsessed, obsessed. You couldn't Real World versus Role Rules. I was obsessed with that back in the day.
0: Yeah, Role Rules was was my shit too. Uh, the Real World, New Orleans. Yes,
3: yes. That was my
0: favorite season.
3: Hands down, one of the best ones. Yep.
0: <laughs> Y'all, I had a crush on Danny. I won't even hold you. Uh, I'm gonna yell at you so we can get a, a level.
1: Okay, I just want to, yeah, I just want to. I'm a creative type person. I don't want to just sit there and just say, my name is, you know, with pictures flashing of me and things like that. I have to, you know, make it something. So I decide to, you know,
0: start off with a little scatting song, you know what I'm saying? That's how I present myself, because that's part of my personality.
1: Come on, be my baby tonight. Mm. Come on, be my baby tonight. I've seen the way you've treated other thugs you've been with. Come on, be my baby tonight. What the hell is he saying? Come on, be my baby
2: tonight. Is this for our opening? Uh, and I thought, no, this is this? So this is just going to sound ridiculous when it comes up with the top. I'm the one who knows that David is going to fight with me about it. There is no middle road when it comes to discussing David's music. He won't compromise at all. him intimidate me this much we're looking at the tape basically you need to go into the studio and answer the like just answer the five questions do you mind doing that
1: i'm gonna have to flow it you know what, I'm saying? That's the okay, problem. what
2: happened i mean why but, i didn't...
1: see no you, you said here's a picture picture what questions five.
2: did you answer because i didn't hear any oh no see
1: no just because just because you don't you don't understand you don't know saying? how i answer the questions it's a different perspective it's a whole different flow you but know?
2: i would if i was watching the show <laughs> i would not understand that
1: but that's because you. That's you, though. You see what I'm saying? You come you, you come from a different perspective. You're not looking at it that way. This is the, this is the perspective of smart people. They can, they can understand flow. They can understand that. You see what I'm saying?
2: Everybody else, <coughs> when they sat in a chair and had a microphone in front of that's them.
1: That's what everybody else did, yeah. That's what everybody else did. Well, I mean, that's, that
2: is the format. Like, that's how it has to be. This is just something that we have to work together on. It's not good to just be difficult to be difficult I'm not being
1: difficult, well, then be difficult just go in
2: there and say my name is David, I'm 22, I'm from Chicago well, see, that's a, that's I like this to same. eat for dinner
1: ain't nobody gonna back me down, you know what I'm saying you, you can stand up to me, you can say your views and everything but when it comes down to it, I'm gonna get my way
0: I was gonna ask what was your guilty pleasure reality show
3: oh man, I mean if I, if I had to say I did, oh here's one that dating show on netflix i got into that real bad that one where they were in rooms separate rooms
0: You can like... see.
3: yeah that one remember that no i watched you... that and i and i didn't want to tell people i watched that but then everybody started talking about it so i was like all right y'all yeah, watch it too
0: <laughs> you know i didn't hear about it because it was trending when it especially when it first came out on netflix um, and I watched like maybe two or three episodes and I was low-key rooting for the interracial couple.
3: All day, all day. That's like, I was here for them. <laughs> I just to see them make it, right?
0: Uh-huh. I just wanted to see them thrive and uh-huh. fall in love.
3: Again, maybe. When you were a kid, what was your dream job? Oh man, I was a kid. I wanted to be an R- R&B singer. You- <laughs> Deadass, yeah, I wanted to be R. I want to b <laughs> Specifically, I, R&B yes i wanted to be i grew up with my like my grandmother raised me and she raised me on soul so i mean you know Barry, white, you. Yes. You up, who, you, who inspired you Barry white um that was a big one Here, oh, so, Barry white? yeah i love Barry. i love the deep, voice, of Barry deep white. voice yeah yes my grandma loved Barry white um uh man minnie riperton um who else we got uh, minnie uh, she could do anything uh, with her voice yes local so, acrobats. And like it was just hearing that. And then, you know, Boys to Men. Like, Boys to Men got me. That was it. And Mama, I mean, that song yeah. Mama from the Soul Food Sound. I, that was my first C D ever. Was this so it was the single of Mama. Yep. My first ever CD. So yeah, so I want to be an RB singer. I went to this boys and girls club, and I remember they had a talent show, and I always joined it because I wanted to be an RB singer. I, I sang LO Cool J. So this was a, was this like a high school talent show? No, this was, I was seven, six years old in, boy, in a boys girls club um, in Frankfurt. So you were in grade school? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a dream then. And it saved with You me. had your whole choreography down and everything? Oh, uh-huh. everything. I love so Everything. I was all about it. But that dream ended. I would pay money to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay money to <laughs> see yeah, that was a dream. And then- I know I, you put on the show. I know you yeah, put on the show. <laughs> I do. Um, but then I say, it did change to an artist. I wanted to be an artist. I went to art school my first year. Freshman year of college was art. Um, I went to U Arts in Philadelphia. I was going to you what you Nah, uh, it wasn't, you know, I learned it was a hobby. Now I just do it for self-care, you
0: know? Hmm, hmm, okay. Last question, just because I think it's, it's, it's appropriate. If you were running for president, who would you pick as your VP running mate? Alicia Keys. Why?
3: <laughs> Alicia? Alicia Keys. And why? Why? Because she's Alicia Keys. I had to say any more than that? I mean, you do you I- say, You do say I Do? It? That's your girl. <laughs> That's okay. Alicia Keys. That's I all I need know. to know. Um, I think that if Alicia Keys was Vice, with my advice, I mean the world will be not full of peace and harmony. She does seem very peaceful. Does she still? Does she still wear no makeup? She still like, no, I don't. Mean, she still lives, but she wasn't for a while. Oh, I was like, I think we need peace and Yeah, and I think she'd bring it because I'm very, I'm, I'm a lot sometimes, and I feel like she would calm me down. You need that balance. Yeah, and I know she's she the
0: yin to your yang.
3: All day, all day long.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think Alicia, if you listen listening, girl, you got a fan. That's it. That's it. In a proposition. <laughs> what you going to do? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, cool. That's, I, I always like to do icebreakers before we get into the conversation. If you haven't already, be sure to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And you can call and leave a message at 484-578-9992. It's always fun to get to know who you are so so thank you for that that was fun so let's let's jump into you Mm -hmm. what your practice is all about what your world is all about and then i have some questions for you Mm -hmm. so when i first approached you well i know you through. talk about your you have a weekly uh, gathering
3: of the people yes well, the space uh, that you're mentioning is We Are George Philly, right? And um, I just, I named it that because that's my grief project, you know, George Floyd, no shame, hit me in the soul, knocked me up and I literally just developed the, I wanted to do my, my dream goal that I made when I first became a therapist. I wanted to provide free therapy to black people, people of color for, I just wanted them to be able to come in for nothing, just try it. And I, I was like, that's how you break the stigma after george floyd passed and i started getting overwhelmed with the work i was like "Ah, i want to create a space for my people and i want to do it virtually it's all we have and i want to do it every week and i want to do it with mental health my license my time and afterwards i want to offer free therapy how can i do that so i took off for three weeks and developed how got funding reached out to people developed a full protocol um, to now have a space where, for an hour plus every week, um, anybody of color can come and sit, learn about social justice. You can breathe about the pain we're going through, and you can speak your honest and true self. I don't know too many places like that right now, right? We can do that in and afterwards not feel guilty or bad. And then, as I was thinking about it, I needed help. So, um, as you know, um, I needed somebody who I who made me feel uh, that flame, Marquise. You know, I'll never forget just when I first met met him months ago last year, and I said, "I want to work with you at some point because I know you have something. I need I need help." It was the first time I admitted I need help to help black people, and it was hard for me to do that, very hard. Now here we are, weeks later, with a space that people have connected to. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> um, it was
0: collaboration
3: yeah man it's beautiful and i mm-hmm. love the conversations we're having we're talking about process and we're talking about pain we're talking about um life after now we're talking about who how can we actually help people what can we do to change rather than talking about the, the stuff that we can't fix it's beautiful um and I, george, after,
0: right
3: yeah we are george philly so
0: this is not gender like specific this is no. men women
3: however like
0: you, men, women
3: non-binary trend, bring however you people.
0: identify
3: oh i have guest speakers coming in trans identified i have drag yeah. coming in are you kidding me i'm yeah. oh well here's one thing i don't share too much 70 percent of my caseloads lgbtq plus identify so i mean i work with everyone so my thing is um inclusion diversity and if you have a problem with that don't come that's my rule like anybody who says ah eh, i say then go i'm very intentional with my work like i literally will say this is for these people sorry but if you you, but white people can come i tell them just don't put your video on and listen and that's real the first week that happened that people come and listen to us so they don't have to now have an opinion about who we are without hearing us first you know it's been beautiful and i'm i'm hoping to keep going for as long as we can you know um I'm going to be there every week, and uh, it's just been nice to have a safe space. Like,
0: and doesn't it have it, – it has its own social media page, so if people want to find yeah. We Are
3: George, where would they go? Yep. We Are George, P-H-L. That's it. So We Are George, P-H-L, on Instagram, um, and, you, and you can follow that immediately. We have an Eventbrite link where you can just register to, where every single week you can sign up to join the Zoom, and you'll get the link sent. Um, it starts at 630. Yeah, like, and I just set that up. So you can just literally log right in from whenever you want. You don't ever, like you don't have to participate. You can have that as a background music to your night. And if you wanna just speak, you can. Um, every single week, it's just gonna be there. It's gonna be an option um, to do something different than to sit at home, get into Netflix and watch the news. You
0: know? I like how you give people the option of not having, there's not that pressure to participate. Like If you just feel like you wanna be in this space, Hell, I would put up, you know how you can make your, your picture on the, I would put up a message like, I'm just here to observe.
3: Perfect, that's it. Here to chill and listen. <laughs> oh, Seriously, that's, that's So cool.
0: it's clear, like you have set that boundary because we're all about setting boundaries yes. and communicating those boundaries. I think that's how we can live a healthier lives. Health, health, healthier lives. For sure. When I introduced this idea to you about coming onto the show, Mm-hmm. Ashley, what is important to you? What are you passionate about? And you said something to me that I just did not forget. And you said making mental health as important as a bottle of penny. <laughs> and I wrote that down. And <laughs> this was like a month ago. What does that mean? Making mental health as important as a bottle of penny? <clears> oh, <throat> well, um, you
3: know, I have no shame saying this, but you know, I bartended for eight years, and I will say this, you know, my, I only, I have never once in my life wanted to live in some stereotypical nonsense, but man, oh man, did it make me laugh every time when I I was more more of a white neighborhood, but anybody of color who will come would always drink our Henny. Now, the restaurant I worked at was not affordable. The Henny was always super expensive, but no matter what, no matter what the price, it was always bought by black people, people of color, and I happy hour, yeah. $4 of this, nah, yeah. and give me that $14 shot of any. I'm like, okay. It is a go-to for the yeah. people. Go-to. everybody, but, it, yeah, but it's a go-to. For the culture, yes. Yes, and no shame in the price, no complaint. I mean, they would almost look at me like, why are you telling me the price this poor? I'm like, yo, I, I love, how there was this acceptance of Henny, the price, the taste, whatever. So I grew to appreciate it. And I would ask people, well, after they would ask me, what do you do, Dante? I'm in school to be a therapist. What's therapy? What's mental health, right? So I always knew that most people I'm talking to aren't putting Henny on the same shelf as mental health. But I said, if you guys did, man, I would have so many people getting help from me you wouldn't care about the price of therapy you wouldn't care about the aftermath because you know what you're going to get out of it if i could find a way to make mental health that way for all black people i would never have to worry about breaking the stigma of therapy with our people that i saw i literally had people crush me with how much they will still drink henny no matter what the scenario and it always brought me so much joy to know that that they were drinking it for fun. Some were drinking it to cope. But they always stuck to their roots. Yeah. I never wanted to the stereotype was first, but then I became a bartender and I lived in it. And I completely forgot about the stereotype because I learned to love any. I don't drink it, but I love it. Cause it brings me it does have a
0: a nice little ring to it, making little hub as important as a bottle with Henny. I mean, I think it would definitely catch the eyes of some people. <laughs> like, if it was on a billboard yeah. <laughs> or a sign and they were driving by walking by, it, it's catchy. Although, you know, Henny has been getting dragged a little bit lately because sure. it does taste like a roll of quarters. But, you know, so I don't know how, how much longer it, 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 it sounds great and it has a nice little ring to it. I just don't know how, you may have to like, I got Penny good. with Ducey or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I got Yeah. Later or later, but for now, I think we're good with Penny. I think we're still there. <laughs> when it comes to mental health in the Black community, what, what, are, some, what are some topics that you find to be very important? You've been asked to speak about what you do a thousand times. Mm-hmm. At this point, what do you see as being kind of like the pillars of your conversation uh, that you feel that are most thing, the things that you're most passionate about when it comes to speaking and engaging the Black community around mental health?
3: Well, that has changed, you know, over time. Uh, like my, my secular focus, I guess you could say. But really what it's been since day one has been trying to intersect identity and mental health and get away from that this book of diagnosis. It's called the DSM5. It's where the words like the major depression and schizophrenia come from. It's this book that I literally have to just diagnose all my clients with. And I was given this in grad school and I learned something very, very deep was that therapy is whitewashed. It is a white tool that I had to learn to assimilate black into. I wasn't taught that. So when I finally got a chance to leave grad school and work and find the community, I knew that the therapies I was taught were not gonna work well with the communities I wanna serve. So something I did was try to acknowledge what it's like to be black in a white space. So that right there was my first ticket to understanding that that's not generalized anxiety that is being Black in a white space. <laughs> I'm not gonna take the white word anxiety and now, rep- like n- no, no offense, taint the aspect of being Black in a white space. That is pure. That is not anxiety. I need to now focus on the identity. So everything I now do and focus on within the Black community is understanding how your identity intersects in the world. That when you go to work and you go to school and you go walk around, What thoughts go through your mind? Tell me more about them. And what ones are about you being black or a person of color or your identities, LGBTQ+, you name it. Are you going to school wearing this and talking this way because you don't want somebody to look at you differently? Are you going to work hiding this and doing this and not doing that because you don't wanna come off a certain way? And then sometimes I let people know that, how much of your whiteness will you shed to be black? And understand that that's been playing a huge role in your lack of mental health. It's that moment right there. Yeah, that's why I love seeing people of color and black people, that I can't have that conversation with white people, because they don't have to think like we think,
0: ever. I I remember a few weeks ago, I was uh, walking my dog and I tend to take pictures, like, see something interesting or that I think is is beautiful, a flower or a catapult, like anything, I will will stop and I will take a picture of it. And being black in America is white people looking at you like, what are you doing Mm -hmm. when you're just taking pictures? Mm -hmm. Yep. Just taking a
3: picture. Just taking pictures. Yep. But you can't though. You have to have another layer of it. I'm a black man with multiple identities taking pictures. What narrative will they say about me? It doesn't make it annoying to think that somebody could be thinking your son is like steal their flowers or some shit. Steal you know? their flowers. I'm admiring it. Yeah.
0: I love the color, I love the texture of it. You know, I'm admiring it when you have all these crazy thoughts, like, what? Yes. That is stressful. That is that, that it, and it doesn't feel good. And then, and then we have to, you know, right now is another prime example of how we all are having to witness so much racial unrest in the country. All this nonsense that's going on in the country, we have to like witness it. And then I have to log on to Zoom call at work and act like everything's normal that sirens aren't going off in my neighborhood. I don't have to listen to sirens constantly. Mm-hmm. You all talking about the folks that are on the call are like, out in their little world. So, uh, yep. how was your weekend? What did you do this weekend? And I'm like,
3: oh, did you see the news? Do you like to see what's happening to us? That's mm-hmm. every day. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. You said the two words. It's stressful, you know. That's that's a that's a that's a feeling. <laughs> it's um, a lot. It's overwhelming. That's mental health, and that's what I try to ignite in people to say, "You can talk about that now, because you've been hiding it to yourself for so long." And I know it's exhausting. Now I want to help you identify how that is playing a role in your life, so we can now find some ways to move forward you know to learn to be okay taking pictures whenever you want you know whenever you want letting them have that narrative of you letting them think you're going to steal their roses you know it's like how can you breathe some positivity into that knowing you're not That takes some time but it's a lot of the work that I do and it's much deeper you know and I love the the, uh, the example you have with taking pictures now imagine that at work imagine that in school imagine that when you're trying to grow a family. Imagine that when you're trying to have generational wealth.
0: There's so many layers to it. So many,
3: yeah. So that's just a really s- small idea of the immense work I do with most people. It's identity first. The book comes second. I, I diagnose just to get paid for insurance. <laughs> um, but a book would never say, um, well, those insurance companies won't let me say, um, no, I have a um, black person that's in a white dominated space and they're feeling uncomfortable and unsafe. Mm they won't let me write that. They're like, no, what's the code? I'm like, single episode, Static Depression. Okay, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, they don't care about the rest and that's Mm -hmm. breaking that down, you know, and helping people really understand what that is.
0: You were talking about how it was very whitewashed and how um, it sounds very numb. Yeah, a
3: little bit. Like,
0: what's the code?
3: Yeah, it is. There's 346.5 or something. (laughs)
0: The trauma that I can be experiencing is not a code. (laughs) It's like super layered and super complicated. As a human being, I'm complicated. I'm super layered. I'm not a code, you know, but this is the way of the world, right? Yes. My last question for you, I want to just get your opinion about And I'll use this as an example, you know, Joe Biden just announced his running mate for Vice President, Miles Harris. Mm -hmm. And um, some of us were excited, elated and happy Mm -hmm. and some of us were not. You know, we really live in an era where we could tweet, we could Facebook, we could post, we could Instagram a thought, an idea, an expression, a mood, a feeling, Um, in an instant, you know, and to me, that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of output. So many varying opinions Mm -hmm. about topics that many will argue you need to be woke on or you need to be on a certain side of that issue. And if you're not, then you're one of them. And if you're one of them, you're not one of us. Mm-hmm. If you're not one of us, we're gonna cancel you and we're gonna drag you and retweet you how horrible you are. And I think it just puts so much pressure on people to be right in the moment. Yeah. And sometimes you're not right. Sometimes you don't know the answer. Sometimes you just don't know. Mm-hmm. As, a, as, a, as a licensed therapist, what advice would you give to us to manage this? Talk about peer, peer pressure.
3: Yeah, that's one of the biggest ones now. Yeah.
0: Your pressure back in the 90s don't have
3: nothing on this. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, get me drunk. How about I take that? <laughs> you know, these hangovers are hard, man. And here's, yeah. yeah, so number one, I love this question, by the way, I do, um, because our world is now social networking. Like, that's our connection. Like, we've, most of it now comes from our phones and our computers. Um, So I always want to just acknowledge that we need that, that battleground to connect to the world. It is like a necessity almost, you know, but I'm now going to operate under a world of I'm a 32 year old and I try to act like an adult. Now, I don't really know what that means, but what I do try to help people understand what I think it means is putting boundaries, like you mentioned earlier, but on everything. For example, have you ever gone to happy hour before? Oh, hell yeah happy hour has a limit doesn't it don't they like have timelines when you can have the discounted drinks right it's not all day and all night long
0: it's How- drinks and discounted appetizers that's low-key that's really why i'm there
3: yes yeah no facts facts <laughs> but but it's glorious that happy hour has limits because if not we yeah. oh, do man otherwise we would want it all day Thank happy you. hour will be 24 24 7 gonna be drunk all the time right not going to work it'd be bad it'd be real bad so what i try now is like i like to use analogies and metaphors to help people understand how they need to put boundaries around their social networking you got to treat instagram like happy hour facebook like it you got to learn how to understand that as an adult you can't feed yourself all this information even though you think you can like i know you can drink a lot but you don't have to drink that much every day like good for you but do you need to take on all this Instagram information that's hurting your soul? Like, who says you have to? We're creating new rules of what we have to know right now. Um, we're in a big identity crisis. I tell people, huge identity of politics are big right now. As a country, I feel yeah, big, big, big time, huge. Because there's
0: a tug and pull. You have people who want the truth to be exposed and the history to be told as it was and as it is. And then you have the people who are on the other side of the road, who don't want that, who want to live in the past, live in the Confederacy. Yeah. And then you got all the people who are in the middle, which to me, that's very problematic.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, the non-voters, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in, you know, Bernie and said, I get you. Stay in the middle, that's fine, but you're not helping, you're just staying put. And part of this now is like trying to help people feed themselves social networking, but we have to filter it. And there's nobody in the world going to filter it besides ourselves. And I think it's very silly. And I'll say this out loud on on the hung up, that if you are over the age of 21 and you can't control your social networking, I guess you need to put a timeout on your phone. (laughs) I know parents who do it to their kids all the time. All right, you gotta get your homework done first, you get an hour on the app, you get an hour on the tablet, that's it. So I don't want anybody to have to treat themselves like their own parent, but I do hope that when you feel that you've gotten enough anger about Kamala, you've gotten enough anger over the bashing of another black woman because we just wanna have something else to focus on because Trump ain't bad enough. If you're a supporter of not voting for anything, do you need to keep feeding people more negativity that you know is gonna hurt them? we're all at this limit of like forcing so much down people's throats and receiving it. That I say, I like to be on the end of not receiving it no more. I will cut Instagram off and I will log into a book. I will cut Facebook off and I will log into we are George. I will cut Facebook off and I will talk to you on Instagram and schedule a time to talk to you. On, like, on up. I will cut Twitter off because as an adult, I can't keep getting so drunk all the time hangovers suck and the hangovers from all this social networking are real this i feel it for some days afterwards i know people talking about a post like that they drank 16 shots of tequila and they're still talking about the hangover yeah my aunt posted this 16 weeks ago about this i'm like man like breathe yeah we all have to learn how to breathe through our new environment it's called online And if we don't, we are going to start causing more problems in our own selves. It stinks to know that we have to give ourselves boundaries with social networking. But I teach all my clients this. I do. I have clients who delete apps. I have clients who downloaded new ones. And I have clients who have used airplane mode, which I try to get people to do. I'm like, go airplane mode for an hour. Even if you don't want to, just do it, and then go do something else. It's good because you're
0: not getting those alerts constantly. Um, because I think what happens is, some of us, we get so in tune to the alerts that we then start checking our phone for alerts when it's not alerting. Yep,
3: yep. that goes. It by.
0: becomes like this nervous tick, almost like you got to check your phone because I might have an alert, I might have a notification. One of these, I have. 10,000 apps, one of them has to have a notification that I need to read right now. That's stress, like that cannot be good, it cannot be healthy. I like the idea of going into airplane mode sometimes, shutting down, sometimes you have to, you gave some great examples, just step away. I like to take walks, sometimes I will just take a walk. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just walking kind of helps, you know, exercise for me in general. If I'm not on the tennis court, any type of outside exercise or being active outside just kind of helps me take my mind from something that may be stressful. me out. Mm-hmm. But we got to find those outlets that are healthy for us. And I kind of like how you use this example of being your own parent, because that just, to me, that just means if you're being your own parent, that just means you're loving yourself. Uh, oh, look at you. You're just loving okay. yourself. So why not be your own parent? And a lot of us, some of us, would say our parent maybe didn't love us all that much or didn't love us enough so why not take the opportunity to be your own parent to love upon yourself to be more kind to yourself i tweeted earlier today think of all the things that you have been through and yet you are still here be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. that's it love it Be, be kind to yourself because we're still here we're still standing despite all the nonsense, all the trials, all the tribulations, all the dangers, all the violence, mm-hmm. all the trauma mm-hmm. that we, you know, from children, you know, because a lot of us experience a lot of this in childhood. Yes. And it is a blessing that we made it because not everybody made it. You know, not everyone was able to get through to the next day. Not everyone had that hope. Not everyone had that faith. To so hold on to,
3: it. yes, and I'm and I'm kind of happy that you said two kind of big words that, um, I have three words I frame my therapy, identity, the body. This just huge. You, like you got to get out of your head. And you got to get into your body. Like that is, it's almost like the way out. That you need to exercise to feel better. You need to walk, okay. like you have to, and you said the word trauma. Yeah. I, all my training is trauma. Every penny I spent post-grad school has been on trauma. Um, My golden standard is to let everybody know that you will never be your best self until you look back at the things you've gone through that still hurt you now. Everybody's got it. Everybody listening right now has got something. It's okay to live with those. What I do sometimes is help relieve that pain that you feel when you think about it. And you can name all the traumas in the world from the lowercase t's to the capital T. And I think right now, all of us, especially people of color and black people are going through a big collective trauma. One of the biggest collective traumas of our lifetime. Um, they went through it during the civil rights movement. My grandmother shared it with so many people and talks to me about it as if it happened yesterday. She talks to me about sitting down as if she got hit in the head with a baton yesterday. Mm. 72 years old. She It really wasn't that long ago. Right? Makes you bright. It's wild, but that's it, And I think, cool. I think
0: it's such a blessing that we still have our elders <sighs> that can put things into perspective for us and remind us that
3: it wasn't that long ago. Yes. We've been doing this. Mm i still remember it i remember to hear tell me i remember the smell of the concrete i'm like all right grandma you just you good girl you got me you know she's good you know and she really helps me be me. You know, that's that's really, yeah, that's yeah real deep you know, the smell of the concrete oh yeah wow she said those words to me i'll never forget them i'll never that's forget them yeah. never forget them but uh yeah but i really love it i love that you said that so i hope everybody if you're going to take one thing from this you know get into your body get outside and move around you know even with a, do it with a mask on, you know? Just, just chill. Because yes. um, of my work in therapy, literally it's getting into the body. I get people out of their heads. Where do you feel it, right? You feel it somewhere. And when you feel it in your body and let it go, you don't have to think about it no more. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And we can be healthier too. I think a lot of this, when we don't let it go, it festers and it, and it can turn into illness or some type of sickness or some type of disease. Oh, yeah. It's not of our body or, or organ failure um, kidney um, failure you know things like that thank you for, for being here licensed therapist Dante Duval. everyone this was great is there anything else that you want to say
3: um well I want to say thank you to you um, because there's been a years ago I never in a million years thought that I would able to reach out to somebody um, in my community uh, and want me to be heard. I've I grew up in pretty much all white spaces my whole life. You know, um, it's been nice to become myself the last five years. I kind of tell everybody that I'm on this journey of finally becoming the best black person I can finally be because I never knew how. Mm-hmm. I never had I never had any models around me. I had a grandma. She taught me everything. I turned 18, went out to the world. And it's been great to meet people like you, truly. you know. So um, thank you for having me on and thank you for inspiring me.
0: We're hung up. Thank you. And remind us, where can we find you? Where can the listeners find you?
3: You can find me any day, any place at be the unorthodox therapist on Instagram. It's my number one platform, and you can email me at any time, any time, please, at beunorthodoxtherapist@gmail.com. At yes,
0: everyone, please add this brother, subscribe to this brother, uplift this brother. And um, again, thank you for being here on the Huggle Podcast this evening. Thank you. Thank you. What do you see?
1: I don't know. I don't know what white people see, you know, when they look at any girl anymore. But I do know very well um, that I realized when I was very young, that whatever, whatever he was looking at, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Um, it was something he was afraid of. It was something um, to which he was attracted, or which he found repulsive, but it wasn't me. I was not a man.